Tonight on Garbage Time Fantasy Football, we break down the top 10 tight ends and break and have some takeaways from week one preseason games. It's time for Garbage Time. Guys, welcome into Garbage Time Fantasy Football. Tonight, it is myself, Ryan, and Ron Seymour. How are we doing tonight, boys? Doing good. All right, tonight we are breaking down the top 10 tight ends for you, and we have some look-ins to the preseasons for week one. But before that, I believe we actually have a voicemail to get in. What do you guys think about that? Woohoo! Yeah, I love it. I know, absolutely fantastic. So before we get into that, though, I've got a little bit of context we have for that. So let's go to Twitter really quick, where Christian has been talking to us and talking a little bit of smack before we get into this voicemail, okay? So what Christian was saying to First Garbage Time MMA, which has kind of been quiet, uh, he says, hey, y'all, whatever happened to the MMA podcast, let me guess, you guys found two people lazier than Ron. Come on, Ryan, step it up. So Ryan, what's your response to that? I will counter that with I found the one person lazier and less dependable uh, than Ron. And that person is Casey, who <laughs> naturally is not here to defend himself. So I'm just going to blame it all on him. And it's all Casey's fault. He's, you know, he's he's very flaky. I got to find a better partner. So, you know, Joe's getting into some MMA. JJ's a big MMA fan. So maybe we'll be able to start working something out and switching some posting I, I, you, those guys should switch in and out i don't know we'll see but there's some good fight cards coming up so we got to do it yeah now we're definitely have to get into something up to that point uh and then he came at garbage underscore time ff which is our twitter if you'd like to talk to us too and ask us questions and you are orbit we will get to your question just a second at garbage time ff christian says here's a would you rather question for you guys you're in a super flex league and you waited on your number two quarterback. Now it's too late. So who do you draft, pass, or trade? Daniel Jones, Tua, or Jared Goff? So, Ron, I'm going to send this to you. What's your order? Uh, I think Tua would be the draft. Yeah, currently, I think he's looking probably the best out of these options. I don't think Jared Goff's a bad option either. I think he's kind of being underrated as a quarterback, too, currently. So that'll be an interesting point we can get to. Uh, yeah, and for the other two, uh, I'd probably go to a Jared Goff, Daniel Jones, if I had to rank them. Okay. I think Daniel Jones has a higher upside than Jared Goff, but I think Jared Goff is the safer. I think Jared Goff is much safer than Daniel Jones. I've got Daniel Jones still rated in the bottom part of my fantasy drafts (laughs) and isn't currently a quarterback too, but... We're not doing that debate tonight, so we won't get into that. Um, I think my favorite on the list, though, is Tua, who was ranked in my top 20. Jared Goff is just outside of that top 20, and Daniel Jones is farther down on that list. So that helps you out, Christian, on that question. Guys, if you want to listen to our show in audio formats, you can do that on Pandora, Spotify, Google, Apple, iHeartRadio, and anywhere else you get podcasts. If you'd like to leave us voicemails, feel free to do that at www.garbagetimeff.com, where you can scream at us and leave us voice and hate mails. And if you'd like to talk to us on Twitter, you can do that garbage underscore garbage underscore time FF or on Instagram at garbage time fantasy football. Is that what? 
You mean XR Orbit's question here? Yeah. So who wins in this trade, Lenny and Debo for? Yeah, I don't know who J.J. Adams is. And Monty, so David Montgomery. I'm not quite sure who he knew. So XR Orbits, we're going to play our voicemail. If you want to lead that question and clarify it a little bit for us, we're going to clear that up for you. So without further ado, let's play uh, Christian's voicemail and see what he's got to say to us. All right, boys? I'm ready. Your number one heckling fan, Christian. Just kidding. It's JJ. I'm just calling in real quick to keep my guys in check. First off, Heckling Fandom, don't let Joe sway you to the Kenny Pickett camp. It's all about Mitch Trubisky. Kenny Pickett came in and completed a bunch of negative one, one, two, and three-yard passes and racked up a little bit of yak, put himself a nice little completion percentage together against the fourth-string Seahawks. But uh, I was not that impressed. Mitch Trubisky is a clear-cut one to start the season. Maybe if the Steelers fall off, you'll see Pickett come in, like I said, but... Trubisky will start week one. Second, Ron is uh, box score surfing and trying to hate on Brees Hall. Don't let him influence you guys. <laughs> Brees Hall is a locked-in RB1. Trust me on that. Third, I cannot believe the NFL Top 100 permitted Mac Jones to be listed as number 85 in the Top 100 players. What kind of list is that? He's a bottom quarter of the league quarterback. No thanks. That, li- that list now has no validity. It didn't really anyways, but... I just couldn't believe that yesterday. Last thing, to quote the great Chael Sonnen, Christian, you absolutely suck. Where are my voicemails? I want to argue with you. I haven't heard from you in forever. I see a couple tweets, like one a month. Waiting for you to come back, Christian. Anyways, that's all I got for you tonight, boys. JJ out. All right, let's break this down a little bit. There was a lot in JJ's voicemail from us. Obviously, he's not here tonight, but he is in here in spirit with us. He is the ghost for tonight. So let's let let's break this down. Ryan, I'm just saying, you- I've been on I've I've been on a, like a roll here. I've been on like the last like five podcasts straight or something like that. Yeah, I know you're really doing some work out there. So because we're getting to Halloween time. Exactly. It's, it's, it's almost time for the mid part of the season. <laughs> it's a solid. fantasy specter's Christmas. Ryan, I like that. <laughs> I like it. So let, let's go over to Ryan about Mac Jones being in the top 100. That's bullshit. Absolute bullshit, Ryan. So why are you clapping like he belongs in the top 100? This is hey. He's not in the top 100 for fantasy football to begin Listen, with. Listen, I'll – an accolade's an accolade, whether you deserve it or not. Like, if someone comes and gives me the first place fantasy football trophy, I'm taking it. I don't care if I came in third. I'm taking yeah, it. I mean, I so, he's not wrong. I mean, in, in tours, he did enter into a team that everyone kind of agreed was in rebuild mode. That was kind of like their franchise quarterback just left. They had a band-aid that wasn't a very good band-aid in Cam Newton. And he still managed to get him to the playoffs. I mean, there's something to be said about that. Whether it's a top 100, completely different story. But I was probably just as surprised as everybody else. But I'm not going to complain about it either. Okay, and Ron, what do you think about the Brees Hall comments that he was talking about? He said you were going to surf on the comments that, oh, look at his usage. He's not going to be a top 10. So what do you have to say about that looking at uh, what happened during the preseason game with him? Uh, Well, I mean, I'm just saying, like, everyone's all hyped up about Damian Pierce averaging nine something yards a carry on his five carries. 
yeah. But but no but no one's gonna be like, whoa, calm down. It's just preseason, and he wasn't running against an actual defense. And yeah, you know, no one wants to bring up that Brees Hall only ran for three yards a carry. But I mean, I wasn't gonna say anything about it. But I mean, JJ brought it up. So. And JJ, calm down. I said the competition for the starting job with Kenny Pickett wasn't over yet. I am still nervous that Mr. Bitsky is going to be the starting quarterback week one, seeing everything I'm seeing, and he performed well. And Typically, you bow to the veteran first to take the job. And it kind of looks like Pittsburgh is going to do something this year. I, I, I like the talent around that team um, initially more than what I saw there. Um, yes, it's still preseason, but you can kind of get the feel of a team. And that doesn't have the feel of a team that's rebuilding. They, they may surprise us a little bit this year. And that negative and that minus six uh, for betting against the Bengals week one may look a little juicy. Just saying. I, I may have to take that bet. May have to try to convince Ryan to get it on that too. So anyway, back to XUR Orbit's question here. Guys, join the Eckling Fandom by liking and subscribing to the show. The question that XUR Orbit has for us was... Who wins this trade? Lenny and Debo for Justin Jefferson and David Montgomery. Uh, I think this is the end where you see it's Justin Jefferson and David Montgomery. Listen, Justin Jefferson is the one who is a level above all the players in this trade. Debo's just right below him. But Monty and Lenny, Lenny may be slightly above him, but it's not much. And the separation between the absolute elite top fantasy players and the rest here stops with Jefferson. Debo has that potential, but in a different facet. Boys, what is your opinion on this? Uh, yeah, I agree. It's it's Jefferson and Monty, especially if this is dynasty, because Lenny should be good this year with Tom Brady, but as soon as Brady leaves the Bucks, that team's going to fall apart. Um, unless they bring in another Hall of Fame quarterback instantly. Yeah, I agree. Ryan, what's your thoughts on that trade? Who won it? Yeah, I'm going to lean towards Justin Jefferson and David Montgomery as well. Um, like Ron said, I think Lenny only has like one solid year left, and Justin Jefferson's just oh, – his talent's insane. So, you know, you at least know he'll be good as long as Kirk Cousins is there, but even once he leaves, the ball has to go to somebody, and it's most likely going to be Justin Jefferson. So, All right, you boys ready to get into the preseason breakdown and news of this past weekend? Yeah. Let's do it. News updates. All right. Uh, now we can get into the news now that Ron's done dethroating that hot dog or whatever he was doing on screen before we got to it. So first little bit of news I wanted to get to tonight was the breakdown of this past weekend preseason games and what really showed out is and typically does in preseason games is a lot of the rookies so ron you kind of opened this up and i wanted to get more of your thoughts on this and elaborate a little bit more uh damon pierce rushed for five times for 48 yards of the texans preseason games and typically got a lot of gap against some pretty shitty competition on the other side of the field so it's showing that he's Highly talented and can play in the NFL. But what do you take away from his high rushing potential in this game and him going up against the backups when he was playing with the Texans? Do you think he's got a open door to the starting role or the most carries with the Texans? And is he going to be valuable for fantasy football this year? 
Uh, yeah, I definitely think uh, he'll end up with a starting role. I think at the beginning of the season, uh, it'll be him and Marlon Mack. Um, Marlon Mack got the start in the preseason. He ran with the starters. Uh, but Damon Pierce looked better. Much better, on I the would field, say. Uh, on the field compared to Marlon Mack. Marlon Mack had that Achilles injury a few years ago. Again, still haven't seen anyone really come back from that in any amount of time other than, like, Dante Foreman looked sort of good last year, five years after his Achilles injury. Uh, I think Damon Pierce starts off slow because he's split in time with Marlon Mack, but probably by week, I don't know, five or six or so, those splits will start getting less close and it'll be more Damon Pierce than Marlon Mack. He kind of reminds me when you saw his running style in the NFL of something similar to Le'Veon Bell. He seemed patient and waited, waited to hit the hole. That's kind of what I saw with him. And that's not the player I expected when I saw it, but that kind of feels like the player that can get in a long-term role and keep it and keep himself on the field too, because he's not going to just slam himself into defenders potentially take those injuries. He's going to wait to take the hole and he's going to look to avoid injuries. So I, I, I like that about him. And I think you're right on the perception that he's initially going to start with splits, I think, but I think he's still going to even get more carries in week one. And I think he's the more valuable running back in this backfield going forward. I think he could be very valuable for fantasy football this year, more of a running back too by the end of the year, but it's, you're going to get some nice value for him in his current ADP somewhere between the ninth and 11th round. It, it, it's great value, honestly. But if he keeps showing up like he is in the preseason, his ADP is going to end up being way too much for me to want to take the risk. Although yeah, we, I think it, I think it'll be good. But I wouldn't be shocked if by, like the final weekend that you're doing giraffes, if you're doing them, then if his ADP isn't more like the fourth, fifth round, if he keeps right. doing what he's doing in preseason. Ryan, do you have any thoughts on him? Uh, yeah, I mean, obviously, let's rage on his preseason game. Uh, nine yards per carry, of course, it was from a small sample size, and one of those was a 20-yard run, but still looked really good. Um, and I kind of agree. I mean, for Dynasty, I'm almost thinking behind Brees Hall and Ken Walker, he might be the most fantasy-relevant running back that you'll have this season. I think he's gone up above Ken Walker, to be honest. Yeah, so That's really, I'll put him – I'd put him as far as dynasty goes, probably the second running back, at least for this upcoming season. And then if his ADP stays lower, although I think Ron has a good point, it probably is going to shoot up if he keeps showing out. But if his ADP stays low, it might be worth taking him just for this season. And if you're a keeper lead, because by next season, he'll probably be a monster. Speaking of players that look like monsters on the field, and you can just kind of see it with this player. And we kind of alluded to this, but we really saw it in the preseason game. And remind you, we have to hedge because this is preseason. George Pickens looked like a dog out there. Five targets, caught three, had a 21-yard touchdown. Um, pro sports ranking rated him the highest in separation among players. That was even higher than Devontae Adams during the preseason games, which, you know, preseason. So let's take it for what it's worth. But do you guys think that George Pickens could be very valuable for Dynasty as a late-round flyer? someone that's going to get into the starting role for Pittsburgh very early. He kind of has that feeling because you saw him in the lineup early and used often. Yeah. Uh, 
I don't know. Uh, he's another one where his ADP might start skyrocketing too much for me. Deontay Johnson's still there. They're still going to be a run-first team. Uh, I, I mean, I believe that Trubisky will start and play the year, but that still, I don't think that equates to a high-powered passing offense. Okay. Uh, they're going to be middle of the road. Trubisky will probably throw for around, if he starts all the whole season, it'll probably be around 35, 3,800 yards. You're going to have Deontay Johnson getting his targets because they just paid him. He's going to be one of the guys. And, and Deontay Johnson is a phenomenal wide receiver. Let's not pretend like he isn't. I mean, he was good with Mason Rudolph. That's the reason everyone was so excited when Big Ben came back after his injury that one year because here's Deontay Johnson who just went mad with Mason Rudolph throwing him the ball. Like, So Deontay Johnson is a good wide receiver. So I think that caps Pickens upside. Ryan, did you want to add anything here? Uh, yeah, Pickens did look really good. I think if, if for Dynasty, if you drafted him in Dynasty, you're very happy. Um, he's kind of the first rookie wide receiver that we're, we kind of got to see do do as much as he did. Uh, but I do agree with Ron. You still got Deontay Johnson there. You also, you also have Pat Fryermuth tight end there. Um just throwing him in there. Gotta, He's like, gotta, be, gotta bring up the mute. Oh, he, he may come up later in the show too. Um, <laughs> oh, he will. Um, but I think I don't. But I don't know if redraft if I would go near him for what his ADP is going to end up being. I don't. I don't know if I would. I will say I fell in love with that man this weekend, and I have tried to acquire him in our dynasty, as I'm a few, I'm sure a few people have now. I'm I'm very, yeah, not going well. Um, (laughs) I'm not expecting to get him, but it doesn't mean I'm not going to try. Yeah, that that was a debacle in our dynasty (laughs) league. Why don't you let the heckling fan know what happened there and why you, uh, that ended up getting overturned, Ryan? Well, listen, I have. T. Boyd and T. Higgins on my roster. Both start with T. Both look orange. I accidentally hit T. Higgins. After some beers. T. Boyd. So then the trade obviously was immediately accepted (laughs) due to user error. Um, So then it was vetoed, obviously, because it was a super lopsided trade because I was trying to get Irv Smith for the upside. Tight end two coming off injury. Um, So it was vetoed. The other guy wasn't happy. And I'm a big stupid idiot, but... Anyway, yeah, that's all the reason why we need to do a drunk mock draft before the season actually starts, and we will work on a schedule for that, right, Ron? Get me to pay sixty-five dollars uh, for Miles yeah. Sanders again. Yeah, there's you know someone always shows up drunk to the draft and selects excellence. So let's see how that works out for all of us. All right, two quarterbacks, rookies played fairly impressive this weekend. Uh, Kenny Pickett, 13 to 15, 95 yards, two touchdowns, that ended up winning the game for the Steelers. And Desmond Ritter, 10 of 22, 103 yards, and two touchdowns as a preseason debut against the Detroit Lions. So, boys, who were you more impressed with? And do you think there's going to be any fantasy impact that either one of these two in the upcoming season? Who do you like better? I don't think there's going to be any impact for either one of them. Brian. Yeah, probably not. I mean, unless Marcus Mariota comes out and completely completely sucks, um, I don't think there's much fantasy value there at all for redraft. Okay. 
Uh, did you guys like anything about Isaiah Pacheco this weekend? I thought it was kind of interesting now the reason that he was very impressive when he was on the field. But he was the second back actually getting work behind Clyde Edwards-Alaire, which I thought was the most interesting point of that whole game. Do you guys have any thoughts on Isaiah Pacheco going forward or no? Doesn't seem uh, to float anyone's boat. <laughs> Chiefs are weird, man. Like, they don't really use CEH much. Like, I I feel like they don't – they're not crazy about him. So, you could see – you could see him kind of slide in there and start taking some of the work. Mm-hmm. Ron, do you like Danny Gray? Two for four, 99 yards and a touchdown, potentially no. for the 49ers, or is this just preseason fodder? Preseason, I don't think that's anything. Back to – look. Go ahead. Chiefs running backs come out of nowhere. Like, it happened with Kareem Hop. Like, he wasn't supposed to be anything. And then he just was. So is that outside of the realm of – the main thing that caught my eye was that Ronald Jones had zero snaps. That was concerning. Like, because I've been kind of in on Ronald Jones thinking maybe he was going to be the guy that could potentially take over this backfield, and he got zero snaps. Right. Probably not going to happen now. But this very well could end up being a three-headed monster in Kansas City with the limited amount that they actually run the ball. It could be fantasy nightmare back there. It's true. Mate, might I say an absolute committee from hell? Yeah. Yeah, no, it, it, I don't think it would work out very well. And yeah, they're uh, one of the backfields I'm just staying away from. All right, and were you boys impressed from what you saw out of Trey Lance? He seemed very competent on the field, four for five, 98 and a touchdown. But, yes, that elongated pass, but it seemed to work. But it was in vanilla defense. So what was your breakdown of what you saw out of Trey Lance in the game? I I liked what I saw. Um, I don't know if I was looking at the same game because I am looking through a glass of love and bias. So, Ron, what did you see from Trey Lance? I saw the same thing I saw last year at his starts. His passes, I mean, he's got an arm for days. He can bomb that thing down the field, which is great. That's something that they didn't have with Jimmy Garoppolo. But I saw two passes from what I've seen were too high. The receivers caught him, but they had to go off of the ground when they could have been lower passes and the receivers could have got yards after catch. And I just, I think he's, I think the inaccuracies that he has on the short intermediate throws are going to hurt him, but he's got the leg power and the arm power to bomb it down the field. So it's going to keep him as the starter probably. I like what I saw and it doesn't matter what you say about it. They still came down with the catches. So it may be a little inaccurate, but uh, he'll, He'll straighten that up, and with a little bit more time with the receivers, it'll it'll be good, I think. I, I really do trust that he's going to be very good for fantasy this year, um, and I put him in that 7-9 to nine range. But as you said, that's probably the ceiling. Yeah. All right, so let's get into some news. Now that, unless you guys had something for the preseason you wanted to break down that you saw on players that I didn't bring up. Anything, boys? Nope. nope. All good. All right, so Raiders tight end Darren Waller is said to be used in the red zone more this upcoming season, according to sources out of Raiders camp. 
Is this fodder rumor? Or are they actually going to do this? It's normal. That's typically what you would use your he's, tight end for. He's a, he's a big ass so. athletic tight end. Like he's one of the top tight ends in the league. He's going to be using the red zone. This is this is just them being like, "Ooh, look at our pretty toy." He just has to stay healthy to actually be able to be in the red zone to catch the ball. That's true. ESPN Jeremy Fowler reports Baker Mayfield will start with the Panthers uh, against. I believe no, this is news from last week, but they believe he's going to be the starter for the season. Is this just an absolute bullshit competition? He's going to start Week One against uh, Washington. Yeah, he's the starter. Baker? Yes. Yeah, he's the starter. Yeah, I agree too. And speaking to teams uh, that had injuries, the Atlanta Falcons had one to Drake London, and it was a little bit concerning because it was to his knee, but they said this is not a long-term thing, and they expect him to miss a week. Do you guys think he's going to be fantasy relevant, and are you concerned about this injury going forward? I mean, I'm a little concerned just because he's going to have to be used so much that, I mean, if one preseason game he's already getting even minor injuries, like, it's a little concerning. Slightly, yeah. No, it's knees are very concerning, also considering certain Jets quarterbacks have gone down with them. But let's we'll get to that in just a minute. uh, I'd certainly be worried if I drafted him like third overall in the dynasty league because that's true. I'd be sweating it out. Yeah, yeah, I'd totally be sweating. No, I don't think so, you assholes. I don't (laughs) think I would have to worry about that too much. We have another comment. What about Debo and Lenny for Keenan Allen? Wait, what about Debo, Lenny, and Keenan Allen for Monty Cutts and Justin Jefferson? Uh, is this, I gotta know, is this, uh, dynasty or is this redraft? Yeah, that is or definitely a proponent of this next question. Cause Keenan Allen has like a year. Well, I mean, Cooks is up there in age too. Yeah. I would still argue it's Monty Cooks and Justin Jefferson. Really? Yeah, no, it's Monty Cooks and Justin Jefferson, in my opinion. I, I don't know. Ooh. I don't know. Keenan and Debo could both finish a top 10. Yeah, they probably don't have the number one overall upside. I, I, I'm on Debo, Keenan, and Lenny. Me too. Yeah, I'm going to go Debo, Lenny, and Keenan Allen. I, I, I mean, would stick with the Debo Lenny for Monty and Justin Jefferson and then going with Justin Jefferson and Keenan Allen if that was your side. Yeah, I don't know what side he's on. Yeah. Yeah, so two for three said it's Debo, Lenny, and Keenan Allen. I'm on the other side, so take that what you will of it. Uh, next little news I've got for us tonight is Packers activated wide receiver Christian Watts and tight end Robert Tunyon. What is a stupid fantasy football now that those two are activated? Do we see any – uh, surprises out of the wide receiving core there, or is Christian Watson going to just take off from the ground running there? I don't think he takes off. You still got Aaron Lazard and Romeo Dobbs. Like yeah. he's lost too much time. I agree. I know it's I only been a few weeks, you got to yeah. build that rapport with Rodgers. Yeah. It's not even done. I happen. wouldn't be shocked if Christian Watson does next to nothing this year. Mm, I don't know if it would be next to not, nothing, but I, I I don't think he's going to create a rapport. Early and I don't. If he does anything, mind you, if he does anything, it wouldn't be until the second half of the year, which I would he want to grab. He could end up being the 
fourth wide receiver on that depth chart behind Lazard, Dobbs. You've got to remember, they have Randall Cobb there, and Randall Cobb isn't coming off the field. Yeah, no, he's someone I would he's someone I would watch in the waiver wire. And Rogers advocated for Cobb to be there. So sure. Not, yeah, okay. Cobb is not coming off the field. Yeah, no. Uh, Joe Burrow is returned for his academy too. Uh, the Bengals practice again. No concerns here. Just no, confirms that Joe Burrow's doctor is better than JJ's apparently. Yeah, and obviously they don't have the same doctor as Tyrod Taylor. Uh, and I'm very concerned that Zach Wilson is going into surgery tomorrow, and I hope it is not Tyrod Taylor's doctor. Uh, the bruised knee in torn meniscus is a lot better than what we initially thought, which was a torn ACL. I was ready to have an absolute meltdown Saturday night. It was about to just punt the whole season. Um, but I they still, still had the meltdown. I, oh, I still could because they – <laughs> You, yeah, had you, th- you, you thought you that was a meltdown. Just wait when I would have actually gotten the confirmation that he was out for the season. I think it would have been twice as bad. At least twice. Well, yeah, no, I was ready to swear out football for the season. <laughs> anyway, I could still get the ultimate bad news because they're not going to know definitely what the injury is going to be until they go in there and look at it. But they have initial tests lead them to believe it's going to be two to four weeks, which could get him ready for the opener. But my gut feeling is that they're going to go with Joe Flacco week one anyway against the Ravens. But that's not someone I'm very interested in playing fantasy football week one. And I wouldn't want to play Zach Wilson week one either. The concern is, though, is if he's actually going to play this season because the beat writers seem to be walking back a little bit, as Ryan pointed out, that, well, we don't exactly know what's going on until the doctor goes in and makes the call. I think this may be cautious because of what happened with Makai Becton. But this is a big question mark on the season. If they have to fully repair that meniscus, he's done. That's, yeah, that's a four to six month recovery. Yeah. But if it's just uh, brim, like they're saying, it could be as little as three weeks and he would be yeah. ready for the regular season. If they were smart, they would let him be 100% before he comes back, even if he has to miss the first three weeks, just to make sure. He's I think be, the sweet spot is week two against Cleveland. I mean, I, I wouldn't rush him back. You're not making you're not making the Super Bowl this year. No. Let's let's just be real. You're not. So why risk bringing him back any earlier than you absolutely need to? Like this, even if like week two he's ready, just just wait another week. What's it's not going to hurt anything. And I think this definitely does downgrade him. I rated him as 16 before the injury. Um, with this injury, I think he may come back tentative. And that's definitely going to hamper his fantasy upside because he's going to tentatively not rush, maybe stand in the pocket a little bit too long. And what I saw in that preseason game, he was staring down the receivers. It was concerning. Um, I've definitely got concerns about Zach Wilson for fantasy football now this season. It completely changed my mind what I saw. And coming off an injury, I, I'm, I'm not hitting panic yet, but it's definitely a concern. There's smoke here. Um so that's definitely concerning on both ends. So let's go to Ron's team. Giants coach Brian Dable said Kadarius Tony will not practice this week. It's also a knee injury. So give us an update on that. What do you think about Kadarius Tony's injury? I think the man's been in the league for not even barely a year, and he's been injured like four times. Yeah. It's concerning. It's very concerning and hella annoying. Is he still a good sleeper for fantasy late in drafts? Yes. Because if he does play, then he's going to be crazy. I mean, you keep him on your bench for the couple of weeks that he'll be able to actually play. And then let yeah. you right in. It's true. 
I mean, yeah, if he starts missing a lot of time, you're going to have to cut him because you can't keep eight. someone that's What's that's really ADP? unproven. What's his what? Go ahead, Ryan. What's his ADP right now? It's still pretty low, like ninth or tenth round, I think. That ceiling is just so immense that it's yeah. it's still worth taking, I think, the chance on him. But, like, he's someone that I would rather take in the 10th or 11th round. And if you don't see anything out of him, cup eight early and then go and pick up a player that's actually producing on the waiver wire week one or two. He's going 115 overall and 40 sets for wide receivers. God, but he just – just on the name alone, though, too, you'd be like, I'm going to cut him and then he's going to break out. He just – man, he just got all the talent in the world and can't put it together. Injuries. Issues with the teams. Ron, that really sucks. You guys may end up trading him, and he may break out somewhere else in a few years. That, it just kind of has that kind of feeling. Yeah, it might happen. I'm not expecting much this year. Okay, and then late this afternoon, last little bit of news I have for us before we get into the tight ends. Both Cam Akers and Dar- Dar- Darrell Henderson have both soft tissue injuries going in for the Rams. What the hell is going on over there? And are we watching other Rams running backs on that depth chart now that we see that soft tissue injuries have been hampered in that backfield over the last two years? Well, not only that, but their rookie they drafted, Kylan Hill there, I think is his name. Yep. He's he's not practicing or anything right now either. So yeah, I, I don't mean, even know who else is on their roster. They have Jake Funk and Kyron, Kyron Williams. Kyron Williams, yeah. Kyron Williams, that's who I'm talking about. I don't know who Jake Funk is. Could this be a spot that Kareem Hunt's traded to? I know they said they wouldn't trade him, but could the Rams overwhelm them with an offer, you think? I'm going to stick with – I don't think the Rams overwhelm them with an offer. No, and I don't think – I think the Rams wait until someone gets caught going into the season and they plug someone in. He he could be a surprise caught because Ford looked damn good in that game too. Um, Not caught in Kareem Hunt. Yeah, maybe. Get they off him like two million, I think. There'd be no reason to. Yeah. Wait a minute. Didn't me and you argue about this earlier in the offseason? Yeah, but you're allowed to change your mind. And I'm coming around to it. He's not getting, he's not getting caught. Everyone's like, oh, he's going to get cut because it's not going to cost him any money. It's not costing him any money for him to be there. Like, no. Yeah. I'm paying Deshaun Watson like a dollar this year, so. <laughs> Deshaun Watson may not even play this year after it gets to after it gets to the arbiter. I mean, Goodell's desk. That's bullshit. Anyway, it's just such a weird system. Anyway, you boys want to get to the top ten tight ends? We're running a little bit uh, long, I think, on the news. Yep. All right, let's do it. Yeah. And that is the last time you will have to see Juju Smith-Schuster dancing on the Bengals album. Let's get into the top 10 tight ends of 2022. Ron, is there anything you want to say to retire the Juju Smith dance? I'm just glad it's over. <laughs> like, you couldn't it's find anyone, that, like, a tight end dancing? Like, I don't know. And now I'd have to create four shorts and, you know, like, work. So not happening. All right, Don't so. give me that. We've got so many stupid fucking things up here. And you're going to tell me that you don't have enough time to make four separate shorts. Sorry, when I make our shorts, produce our shows, put up everything, and our clips, yeah, I don't got time to do four different ones. <laughs> oh, Ron hit it before I did. <laughs> He'd made two shit dates, but can't... <laughs> <laughs> 
I just want to push it. Oh, no more slack, oh, then, you push. bastards. <laughs> <laughs> My number one, um, my number one, no surprise here. I went, uh, Travis Kelsey, uh, it's Kansas city. They won't have Tyreek Hill. Uh, probably one of the few people that got more targets and looks than Travis Kelsey did. So I think he's going to get a ton of work this season. As long as he stays healthy, he'll tight end one. Even at age 33? Yeah. All right, Ron, who's your number one? Uh, my number one is Mark Andrews. I just think that uh, just like Travis Kelsey, the Ravens lost Marquise Hollywood Brown. And they have Rashad Bateman, still kind of unproven. I think he's going to be good this year, but unproven. And that's they- a fact. That is a fact. Uh, <laughs> uh, the Chiefs brought in Juju. They have Marquez Valdez, Scantling. Sky Moore has looked amazing in camp. I think overall the Chiefs have more weapons than the Ravens have. So I think Mark Andrews will be more focal in this offense. I was hitting that's a fact to the point that you said Mark Andrews is going to be the number one tight end this year and supplant Travis Kelsey finally. And that's just based off sheer volume. He did it. Yeah, he did it last year, but he's going to continue to do that. He's going to show out this year and continue the pattern. The volume is just going to straight up be there for him. He's going to be a hog, and he's going to massively, I think, outscore all tight ends in all formats. Um, so I think Mark Andrews is the heavy favorite to be the tight end one this year. Not much there with the Ravens. Um, unproven talent and not a lot behind Rashad Bateman. So. Look for Mark Andrews to be the security blanket all year. Not that Travis Kelsey can't be a difference maker, but I think Mark Andrews ascends a level above him, and you see Travis Kelsey continue to come down just a tad. All right, Ryan, who's your two? All right, my number two, Mark Andrews, for all the reasons previously listed. Nothing nothing new there. I alternate. Travis Kelsey is my number two. Awesome. Awesome tight end. These are the only two that you can draft comfortably and get that special differential of the tight end position. There might be some other guys a few years from now that'll be getting to that slot, but those are the two that are far and above, above everyone else, I think, in this current league. And Ron, who is your two? Kelsey. Without a doubt. So, all right, let's start getting to the surprises. Number three, Ryan, who do you got? All right, so like Joe said, I think you got uh, Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey, kind of that tier one. I think now we're almost bumping down a level here. Uh, I got coming at number three. I went George Kittle. Um, I think he'll be a big security blanket if he can stay healthy. Did kind of bet last season. He didn't. I mean, if you drafted him last season where you probably got him, you might have been disappointed, but he still finished tight end four. Um, that's why I have him at tight end three this season. Who do you got, Ron? I got Kyle Pitts. It's. It's mainly just the numbers game. He's going to get so many targets, and he's good enough, and he's due for some positive touchdown regression. I think he had, what, one last year? Yeah. I think Marcus Mariota can move this team a little bit better uh, just because of his running prowess. 
I mean, you've seen it in the preseason. He was picking up first downs by running the ball. He's going to keep drives alive a little bit longer, uh, given more opportunities for Kyle Pitts to get touchdowns. We're talking about sheer volume for my number three pick, and I'm going to continue the trend that I've got with Mark Andrews and Travis Kelsey. So with the Dallas Cowboys, there's CeeDee Lamb there and a bunch of unproven wide receivers. At the tight end position, there's Dalton Schultz, and then his competition is now injured. I think Dalton Schultz is going to get a mass of volume, mass amount of volume this year. And just based on that volume, we'll end up being the tight end for the end of the year. So I've got a little bit of a jump up here and a little bit of a surprise with Dalton Schultz being the number three tight end on my list. So um, I thought you guys may have something to say about that. So what are your thoughts about Dalton Schultz being number three on my list? It's not impossible. Um, I don't have him that high, though. But, um, I mean, he's going to basically be the number two behind C.D. Lamb. So it's possible. What were you saying, Ron? Honestly, every tight end from like three or four down to like 13, 14, their points are going to be separated by a touchdown. So it doesn't, I mean, any guy could come up and finish tight end three, really. I mean, Dalton Schultz has just as much chance, probably better chance than anybody else. So I can't argue with that. I would are you against something you said there? You said all the way to three to fourteen could just be differential on a touchdown. I would argue that after I'm gonna say based on my list, tight end seven, you really hit the twilight zone where it's just from seven to twenty, it's a major drop off and you're playing week by week. <laughs> Maybe I, eight, but I'm not the way I sure. look at it is if I'm looking at my list here, the people I have from Three till six or seven, they all have the potential to be game changers at the position. But they all also have the potential of not really doing anything. A lot of them are touchdown dependent, uh, quarterback dependent. Like, there's just a lot of questions that plague them. It's not like, Andrews and Kelsey, you've seen them do it. They have the quarterbacks in place. Everything is right there for them. Okay. And Schultz is one of those guys where you could make that case for, but we've never seen him be the number two on the offense. All right, Ron, go with your number four. My number four is George Kittle. Um, He's... He, he was almost my number five. Uh, it, it's this comes down to Trey Lance, but I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give Kyle Shanahan the benefit of the doubt. Um, I think there'll just be weeks where George Kittle goes off, but I don't think he's gonna be very consistent. So I have him ranked as finishing as the tight end four, but I don't think I like drafting him. You know what's funny is he finished in that range last year, but it was based on three insane games. It yeah. wasn't week to week. There was weeks where he won the games, but it was in a range. Right, and I think that's how it happens a lot this year, too. I don't think he's consistent. I wouldn't want to draft him where his ADP is, but I think he finishes tight end four-ish, at least. Ryan, your thoughts on your four? Uh, yeah, so my number four is Kyle Pitts. 
Uh, Marcus Mariota makes me nervous, but kind of like what Ron talked only one touchdown. Um, he was like only 20 points behind the third place guy, despite having five less touchdowns. Yeah. So it just shows the amount of volume that he's getting. Um, so especially in PPR leads, he's going to be an animal. Um, and if we, I think we're going to see that touchdown number jump up. So I'm, I feel pretty confident putting him at number four. I've got Darren Waller at number four for me. Um, I, I like the fact that Devontae Adams is going to be on the outside there. I think that's going to take some attention away from him. And if he can stay healthy, Derek Carr has got a good recipe of success with him. They may look at him in the red zone, as they've already alluded to. That's what you do there, too. And he's a difference maker at the position, too. I like the Raiders offense for this upcoming season. So I'm going to put Darren Waller at my number four position. But like you said, the separation here between where it's sandwiched from three in my book, seven different numbers in yours isn't much. Um, so there's not going to be much difference between my four and five. And I'll lead off of my five. That's Kyle Pitts based off what Ryan said to the amount of volume he's going to get this year is just going to be absolutely insane. As you alluded to, there's not much on that Falcons offense that you can go with. There's Cordell Patterson in the passing game. Drake London, who's a rookie, now dealing with an injury all right, coming into week one. And Kyle Pitts, who is levels above the best pass catcher on that team currently. Um, I'm more excited for them to get a quarterback next year mm-hmm. and move forward. We'll see what Ritter can do for them maybe in the second half of the year, but I think they're going to look to take one of those top quarterbacks next year. But for this current year, Kyle Pitts is number five just based on his volume. I think he may struggle to still get into the red zone this year just based on who's going to be throwing him the ball. So, Ryan, who's your number five? Uh, so, my number five is Darren Waller. Um, so, we're kind of just flip-flopping our options here. His health is the big question mark for me. Um, I know my auction league last year, I took him and was pretty disappointed. But he'll stay healthy this season. He'll get that red zone work. Um, so, I'm, I, I had him at number uh, five. All right, squeaky chair, Ron Seymour. Who's your number five? Uh, Darren Waller. Uh, pretty much all the things Ryan said. Plus, I mean, it's nice that Devontae Adams is there and going to be taking a lot of pressure off of Darren Waller. So that should help open up the middle of the field a little bit more. Uh, so, yeah, I think he has a pretty good bounce back year. All right. At number six, I've got George Kittle for um, a plethora of reasons. One, I think Trey Lance is going to look to target the wide receivers downfield a little bit more than him. That'll be Ayuk and Debo. Two, health. He's not always healthy. Three, Kittle, as Ron Seymour said, is very inconsistent as of last season. He has those three or four monster games, which put him in the top ten of tight ends. Top five in most situations. And you don't know what you're going to get in the other weeks. So there's just a lot of ifs i feel like with george kittle in this current year and i hate where he's being taken at his current adp um so i would look at other options um not another saying i'm not saying he's completely undraftable at the current adp it's just i think there's a lot better options at the wide receiver position as opposed to taking him at that adp so i've got him dropped down to six with all of those concerns ryan number six uh so my number six i got dalton schultz like you said he's the nuts option behind CD Lamb. Got Dak Prescott there. So he's with a pretty experienced quarterback. They did a lot of volume. Uh, so I got him at number six. You can definitely see him end up higher depending on what happens. But compared to everybody else, I ranked him number six. 
Ron Seymour, six. I also have Dalton Schultz for all the reasons that were explained. He is probably going to be the number two on this team. Uh, offense probably going to be high-powered. Going to have to throw more than they did last year because they're not going to be getting so many defensive touchdowns this year as they did last year. Boy, talking about the tight ends just feels like a fucking chore for fantasy football, doesn't it? You just interchange the top six and tell who's your favorite. Yeah. <laughs> it really does. All right, let's move to number seven. Ron, who do you got for seven? I got TJ Hawkinson. I mean, and it's a pattern. He's going to be probably the number two on this team in terms of targets, uh, at least until Williams comes back and is actually healthy. Plus, then he's that guy's a rookie. He's going to have to get integrated into the offense, build rapport with Goff, like – I think Hawkinson is going to be good this year as long as he can stay healthy. I mean, he was good last year when he was healthy. Uh, uh, so, yeah. I don't disagree with you. I just have him ranked a little bit lower on my list for a few reasons, which I'll get into. Ryan, you're seven. Uh, my summer seventh, actually, also is TJ Hawkinson. Um, you guys could shit take me for this if you want. I think – as far as my rankings go, I think he'd be the one I'm most off on because I do think he could finish quite a bit higher. Um, and I do really like his ADP of tight end seven right now. Uh, up to week 13, before he got injured last season, he was tight end number three. Yeah. I mean, he was, like, he was having a good year. Um, and then just being out those last five weeks just tanked him, but he still finished, I think, I think he's tight end 13 or something like that, even though he missed the – final five weeks. Um, so I have him ranked up. You could easily see him finishing higher. Um, so out of everybody I have ranked, I think his ADP is the one I like the most. Yeah. Okay. My number seven is Dawson Knox. So I really like that Bill's offense. Um, it's high powered and you want pieces of offense that are very high powered. Uh, yes, he was very touchdown dependent last season, but I could see him still being effective in the red zone this year. I think he's got a nice uh, relationship there with Josh Allen. I like him at his current ADPs to be in the very, very in back end of drafts. Um, so I've got him at number seven. Uh, you know, you could argue with a whole plethora of tight ends in this current range. It's just about who you like at this point. Any disagreements with him at seven? Uh, no, spoiler. I have him at eight. <laughs> Go ahead and make them. Ryan, uh, did you like invade my mind with this? Because <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> five, six, seven, and eight. We've all had we've had all the same right now. All right. So why do you boys have Dawson Knox at eight? Maybe you can give us a little bit deeper of a breakdown than I gave. Well, well mine is just because uh, the weapons on the team. They got Stefan Diggs. They got Gabe Davis, who everyone's projecting makes us you know a breakout year, and. He's going to be, at best, the third target on the team. Yes, a high-powered offense. They also brought in James Cook, and they were desperately trying to find a pass-catching running back. And they both work in the middle of the field. They both work in the middle of the field. It's going to be touchdowns with him or key. And you also got to look at Stephon Diggs. Stephon Diggs had 174 targets last year and had the worst catchable target rate, one of the worst catchable target rates, out of all football, him and Josh Allen just couldn't get the connection going last year. If 
I, I don't think Savon Diggs' targets come down all that off, all that much, but I do think that the connection comes back, so that takes away opportunities for Dawson Knox. So I, I think it's so much based on the touchdowns. Like Dawson Knox could drop all the way down to tight end 15-16 if he's not getting enough touchdowns. Yep. All right, well, I've got it. my number eight spot, and this is um, a similar feeling to what Ryan had with TJ Hawkinson. Um, I've got that feeling with Zach Pertz, who I think could, you know, start off very hot with the Cardinals the first six weeks, considering the DeAndre Hopkins suspension. Um, yes, they have some decent weapons there, even with DeAndre Hopkins not there. But again, he could be the number two target there with Hollywood Brown. Got his experience with that midget of a quarterback out there. Um, sorry, little person. Uh, and just what's wrong with being short, Joe? Not nothing, Ryan. Anyway, if it's not a Call of Duty weekend out there with that quarterback for the first six week or two EXP weekend, I think Zach Ertz could be in for a very good year. Just bench um, Zach Ertz for quarters like the end of October. Just bench him for those two weeks. Oh man, two XP weekends. So I've got Zach Ertz. That's my number eight, and I think he could have sent ascend a little bit higher on this list, even if he drops off in the second half of the year. All right, so I believe we are at nine now with everyone. Yep. So, Ryan, who is your nine? All right. This might be my homerism showing through, but um, I I took Hunter Henry at number nine. Um, I will pre- preface it with it's very touchdown dependent. He led tight ends with touchdowns last season, tied with Dawson Knotts, uh, had nine touchdowns. Um. So like I said, very touchdown dependent. But if you if you fall asleep on tight ends, he's going right now at tight end fourteen. With with if you, I mean if you're getting a guy that's getting nine touchdowns, um, I don't think you can go wrong if you if you miss out on those, on some of those higher end tight ends. So I put uh, Hunter Henry at number nine. Definitely no New England homerism in that pick. Ron, who's your number nine? I got Cole Komet. Uh Again, the team continues for the most part. Uh, going to be the second on his team. And if the wide receivers keep dropping like they are, he might be the first on the team. So he's just going to get a lot of targets. Uh, it all falls on Justin Fields. If he takes a step forward and is actually a decent quarterback this year and can get combat four or five touchdowns, I think the yardage and targets will be there. It's just about the touchdowns. He needs to get the touchdowns. Yeah, so I also believe in Cole Komet, but I've got him at 11, so he's just outside of my top 10. Um, Just it's based on the offense he's going to be performing in this year. So my number nine is another NFC North tight end, (laughs) one that's already been brought up by both of you guys, is TJ Hawkinson. I don't know how that Lions offense is going to be. It could be a little bit better this year. It could be real good at the very back end of the year when Jameson Williams gets there. Um, Jared Goss, a decent quarterback, very underrated too. Um, I, I like what they're building there, but TJ Hawkinson just has never gotten my fancy off. Uh, so I've got him ranked at number nine and probably won't be on any of my fantasy teams. So we have now reached number 10. And... Let's see what Ryan Warner does with his number 10 based on some of his bull take pass. And I think I'm reading his mind here. So Ryan, go ahead. 
Who's your my number ten? My number ten is with some fantasy manager bias here. I got Pat Fryermuth. Um, okay. you know he was stuck behind Eric Ebron for a couple of weeks in that first season, but after after Ebron got injured in week six, um, he kind of took a hold of it and went on. Uh, was tight on seven from that point on, on a week to week basis. Uh, so. I don't think it's super unrealistic to put him at number 10. I'm assuming they don't have Trubisky there. He'll be a good target for him. Um, so I went uh, Fryermuth at number 10. Hey, Ryan, where, where's Evan Ingram ranked in your rankings? The stone hand man himself. I don't know. I was lazy, guys. I only went to 10. Evan Ingram. Old takes. Listen, he's if, if Daniel Jones can figure out how to throw more than 11 touchdowns in a season, Evan Ingrams will do great. All right, Ron, who's your number 10? Okay, Trevor Lawrence. I just, I, like hey, Trevor Lawrence, I was going to say, because you said Daniel Jones, and I'm like, I Daniel did. Jones is throwing 11 touchdowns to Evan Ingram. He is <laughs> fucking bombing that oh, ball, man. That means he got caught. <laughs> <laughs> Repicked up by the Giants. He can't do worse than what he did before. Yes, he can, because Dan Arnold's going to be the starter. Evan Ingram is one of my favorite sleepers, okay? Joe, Joe, you go. I want to go last. Okay. So my number 10 is in agreement with Ryan. I've got Pat Fryermuth at my number 10. Um, I really do like him this year. I I think he's the best friend to a journeyman quarterback currently in Mitch Trubisky or to a rookie. Listen, yeah. It's going to be a not very pass-heavy offense, but in a not pass-heavy offense, typically you throw to the tight end. They're a security blanket. He's very talented, and he performed well, and there's a lot of talented wide receivers on that team last year. So I really like Pat Fryermuth in this number 10 spot. The talent is going to overshine the lack of offense they're going to have this year. So look for him to perform this year very well, I think. All right. So I oh, no. Pat, Pat Fryermuth is great. Uh, probably should be in my top 10. But I didn't do my projections for tight ends. This was simply just throwing names. Um, And this is a guy that I I like taking because I think there's a pathway where he could be good. But the tight end for the Colts, Moelle Cox. Yeah. Dude is like six foot 27 or something like that. Like, I mean, he's really not slow, though. But he's quite athletic. And again, let's continue on with the trend that he is going to be the second target in that offense, probably. And Matt Ryan loves tight ends. So he could come down with 10 touchdowns this year. You know what's insane? Oh, come on. He's not going to come down with 10 touchdowns. You know what his ADP is right now? Probably not drafted tight end 30 so if he actually ends yeah. up doing well like that could be i just insane. it's one of those things that i have zero zero statistical or any type of relevant fantasy reasoning as to why he has no data it's just yeah there's nothing, nothing there with that other than just for some reason i like it and i think he's gonna do good you I've been seeing like that. I've read, read a couple articles on that. That like some people do have are high on him as a sleeper. And if he's going tight on thirty, like he'd be like your last pick of the draft. Yeah. Like, 
you could get him off waivers. No hell. No way in hell. And I wouldn't pick him up. I, I, I'm not falling on this freaking hill. But my thing no is, way. Joe, but Joe, last year, think about it. Was anybody drafting Dawson Knox? No, absolutely no. not. Like no. I said, I would pick him off waivers if I actually showed up. But these, I wouldn't be these drafting guys, him. These guys oh, come out. doing waivers no versus drafting him for your last pick. Right. For, I would rather pick his teammate Alex Pierce, who's actually being in, shown to be in the starting lineup and could actually get some target volume for Matt Ryan. Well, who's an un- also in the starting lineup. Yeah, at the tight end position. I, I, he's had a few years to show out that he's going to do something, and he, he has. I, I just don't really. Yes, but, but, you were talking, but you were talking about him being the number two okay. option in that offense, and I don't think he will be. He still could be. I don't think he will Al, be. Al Pierce is a rookie that, yes, has been having a decent camp, but that means nothing, really. Um, Either does a tight end that hasn't really shown anything in the last years to make a fantasy relevant tight end. He was behind Jack Doyle, and when he had a chance, he had some very good games. Okay. Well, I guess you're going off a of feeling here. He's hooked I mean, on the feeling, as they say. Hooked on feeling. <laughs> hooked on phonics. All right, guys, if you like what you hear on Garbage Time Fantasy Football and like these insane takes that Ron makes at his number 10 picks, the ranking episode is now over. Make sure to like and subscribe to the show. Make sure to comment on all the shows that we have live, too. We're more than happy to answer your questions live on the show, as we did for a few of them tonight. Listen to us on audio formats on Apple, Spotify, Google, Pandora, Amazon, iHeartRadio, and TuneIn. Feel free to leave us voicemails at www.garbagetimeff.com. They can also be hate mails like JJ left for Christian tonight. I'm expecting that Christian's going to be slapping back real soon. Uh, so that'll be interesting when we get to hear back from him. Guys, also, make like we said, make sure to like and subscribe to the show. Go to our website. Join Hackling Fandom. Get involved in the universe before the fantasy season starts up. Let us know how your fantasy leagues are going. And also comment down below if you don't catch this live, and we'll get back to you. And if your comment is good enough, we'll play it live on the show. Boys, do you have anything to say to the Heckling fandom before we get out of here tonight? Nope. No. Like and subscribe. Don't draft Moali Cox in your draft. Get him off waivers if he's good. Have a That's good night. Not different than using him as No, you can't just tell – Say something like that and then throw up the ending thing, you cheater. You could take him in your last thing and drop him after week one if he's not involved. Fuck off, I hosted.